This is Show Notes, the podcast for performance with Emily Edmonds. Hello, wonderful listeners. It is so wonderful to have you back for another episode of Show Notes, the podcast for performers in our season two. Uh, which is very exciting to say. Today, I'm talking to the amazing Kara Walkham uh, and her kind of solo project, solo alias is Meta Whip Music. And, um, and I'll list in the show notes uh, and at the end of the episode, kind of all the places that you can find her and her projects. But she is an amazing singer, songwriter, poet, general, incredible creative person. And we met a couple of years ago um, and have been in kind of beautiful conversation since. And I really wanted to get Kara on the podcast because she has such an interesting story about, um, I guess, her relationship to her creativity um, and her creative work. Uh, she, we talk about this a bunch in the podcast, um, but she, her relationship to her work really changed um, after she had a life-changing medical event. Um, she had a stroke uh, and she speaks about this really um, in such a candid and powerful way uh, in this podcast. Um, yeah, and that kind of changed her relationship with, um, I guess, the way she makes music and how she shows up to that and what that looks like in her daily life and how she kind of makes time for that around her day job as a lawyer, um, super intelligent woman that she is. Uh, and I think, you know, that aspect of it is also so relevant. There are so um, many people kind of always were and now potentially more kind of juggling day jobs and um, the practicalities of, of needing to pay rent and earn money um, kind of during the pandemic as well as pre-pandemic um, yeah, I think that's kind of a really relevant concept of, of how do we kind of juggle those things alongside our creative work. Um, I know for me, kind of that balance has really shifted. I was working full-time as creative pre-pandemic, which is an amazing position to have been in. And now as things change and gigs are cancelled and gigs are shifted, like I've had to kind of get very creative in the last couple of years about kind of what I do and, and the work that I do and, and how I make ends meet and also how I create things um, in a really shifting, changing landscape. So we talk a bunch about that um, and the balance uh, between those things. Um, and as I said, how she kind of, how that shifted after this kind of life-changing event for her. Um, we talk a lot about, in a really honest way, about kind of the mess and the mud and showing up to our creativity and making stuff uh you know despite or in the face of or in the presence of or alongside of this mud and this mess and the kind of idea that you know there's maybe not ever going to be an ideal way or an ideal schedule or the perfect solution to this and and how we show up as i said kind of in the face of and walking alongside of these thoughts, his experiences, these challenges, these wins, these losses, um, this this grief, these gains, all of those things. So it's a really, uh, I guess, honest and present and um, joyful conversation just about the realities of, of what we might or some of us might or all of us might or 
whatever, a version of what we might be experiencing right now, this weird, crazy time. So grab a cup of tea, uh, strap yourselves in and enjoy this chat with the wonderful Kara Walker. Good to buddy have you here. Um, I just let's let's roll, let's roll, let's um, roll, let's roll. So, <laughs> tell me about yourself, Kara. I mean, I know, but look, let's tell the good, let's tell the good listeners. Um, you know, just tell me about yourself. I um, I am a singer, songwriter, poet, lawyer, person. Woo-hoo down in Wollongong in New South Wales um, and I am in the process of uh, releasing a lot of music at the moment and trying to balance a lot of a lot of things in my life artistically and otherwise so that's that's my thesis statement the longest thesis <laughs> statement that I ever <laughs> <laughs> I buy it I'm there I'm there um yeah, you're an amazing, just kind of all-round incredible creative person. Um, I I mean, it's so funny. We were just talking about before we started recording, like the idea of kind of, as you say, like balance and kind of a whole bunch of things and weaving threads in. And it's like, I guess how we see ourselves from the inside can be quite different to how other people see us from the outside. And it's like, I can look at you and be like, oh my God, wow, you're this amazing creative and as we'll talk about there's like so many nuances in that and like how do I show up and how do I compare myself to others and what's my journey um and I think such an amazing part of your journey for me is the fact that like you've come to your music in like a really profound way since the pandemic like am I getting that timing kind of right um I was like slightly yeah, I pre think, no, I think that's Correct. I mean, I I have always been a singer and a songwriter yeah. for as long as I can remember, mm. um, and have been releasing music for you know quite some time. Mm. Um, but in twenty nineteen, I had um, a stroke, which was the most fun experience of my life. I love that, just casually. Yeah, like 2019, I had a stroke, really fun. We're going to dig into that. I have to say quietly had a stroke, but I was the loudest person that ever had a stroke. This Um, is hilarious. Tell me more about that experience because I feel like, I mean, the first time I ever like chatted to you, whatever, a couple of years ago, like that felt like such a profound life shift for you. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. This That happened in 2019, so almost three years ago now um it's 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 funny like if I think about it with a bit of like quite a bit of distance now but I had planned a holiday to go overseas to go hiking in Yosemite because I was like fuck this this life like (laughs) I'm so bored and depressed and everything's shit I'm just gonna book a holiday right amazing um jokes universe yeah we're like four (laughs) days into the holiday and an artery in my brain explodes. It's like, oh, all right, thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks, universe. Um, and it's it, 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 like, basically resulted in me being obviously very sick but then having mm. to spend 
many, many months recovering. Um, and there was no, there was nothing that I could do or that I, I had to do. You know, I had people looking after me constantly. Mm. Um, I had no work. I, I was on, you know, I was out of work for, I think it was seven or eight months. Um, so I had a significant period of time of just not really engaging in the world as like a, a, a productive adult in the way that I was accustomed to. Mm. Um, and it's, it's weird because in that moment I was sort of able to reassess to a degree what I was doing with my life. So, you know, I'd always had these like struggles with balancing my day job and my music and how all of that was going to work. And that was always so torturous, you know? Mm. Um, and then in that sort of recovery zone, I was like, oh, I really do want to give more of my time to my music and my poetry because that's what, that's where my passion lies. And it, it's so weird that it took me a stroke to sort of like <laughs> figure that out. Um, but, it, you know, I'm glad that it did um, because I was able to sort of go, you know what, like I'm writing, I write so much music. Um, yes, I have this band, but there's no reason that I can't do more. Um, and as soon as I was sort of like physically capable, I just sort of threw myself into music so much more that I, I was able to start this um, sort of separate solo project um, and write more poetry to the extent that I could actually be submitting it for publication and, and stuff like that in a way that I hadn't before. Yeah. Um, and the pandemic sort of came in towards the end of my recovery. So I was sort of half back at work, um, pretty much full time, but going slow um, at the time that we were, we were told, you know, you, you need to work from home. And I was like, this is crazy. Like at the, I, I was just, I was just at home. Yeah. <laughs> so, and by, you know, I found it really helpful in the beginning at least because I was like, okay, I can still get into the swing of this new solo project and all of the writing that I'm doing. So I was kind of quietly stoked about the fact <laughs> that we had to be at home, Yeah, which it sounds terrible, but because no, really. I know that many people were suffering and I know that other musicians were like losing gigs and stuff like that, but I wasn't really at that point in that solo project where I was playing live anyway. Mm. Um, so it wasn't having a, that much of a, an impact on me, like not that much of a negative impact on me, I should say. Yeah. Um, and in a positive sense, like I had so much more free time and time like to sit down and write and, and record that the net, outcome was beneficial for me mm. um but now I suppose times have changed <laughs> yeah it's so interesting like again we were just talk I want to jump back into talking about that kind of recovery headspace and that kind of shift mm. but yeah it's exactly what we we're talking about before we um we started the recording is this idea of like kind of two years into the pandemic there has been a big shift and like that kind of both you and I have experienced this and talking to other friends and colleagues and stuff um, kind of about what that difference is, especially as I guess other professions maybe sort of start to return to like a sort of version of everyday life. And as creatives, it's kind of like, I at least like, 
in ways I feel a lot more connected to myself, but also not very connected to my professional work necessarily. Um, yeah. So it's like, and that has shifted. I think like it almost feels like as more time passes and things go back to normal, like things kind of feel further away in some ways that they didn't maybe at the start. Um, I think the thing with that is that with a, with a creative pursuit as opposed to say, you know, if I look at my day job where I work in a corporation, it's very clear mm. what you need to do on a day-to-day basis yes. and a, on a sort of more macro scale to progress and do well and be recognised and whatever. And in a creative space, that's not really – that doesn't exist in that sort of like very clear way. Like yeah. you kind of have to like carve out a path for yourself mm-hmm. and try your best to, to ascertain what – is going to create success or, you know, work with your therapist to ascertain what success you and what you're going to be satisfied with. You know what I mean? So, but if you take, you take yourself away from the being in that, in a sort of creative routine in the same way that, you know, you have been your entire life. And then there's a split from that. It's very hard to get back into the swing of things. I think when there's no, structure for you to cling to like you have to basically recreate a structure for yourself and I think that is what makes it really hard to step back in yes totally and when like for me at least when all of the stuff like fundamentally I I guess like underpinning that creative structure or creative purpose creative meaning like for me it all feels like it's shifting sands or a lot of it has kind of fallen away or dissolved or transformed like and I use all those words I guess to express like it feels so um I don't know it just it feels almost like insurmountable like it doesn't matter I feel like a sense of treading water a lot of the time because it's like I'm I'm doing so much like I'm doing so many things every day like giving so much time and energy and all of my resources to this creative pursuit and then on the surface it doesn't look like there's much happening yeah totally because it's like I guess the the normal ways that we would I guess mark time or I guess mark progress or connection or however you kind of meet those values it's like oh okay wow like I got to play a live gig or I got to um share my music with these people or I got to connect with this team like I think so many of those kind of fundamentals are either missing or we're doing them in different ways, which is amazing because we can shift and change. But it's just, it's sort of like, I feel like it's this constantly shifting sands and they just haven't settled yet. And I actually don't think they'll settle for a while. And that's, you know, that's why I use words like transformation. Like I think there are immense opportunities in that. But by God, it's exhausting. Like I sometimes just feel like at points in my day or my week or my month, I'm just like, what? Like what am I doing? Because as you say, it's like the kind of – um. I don't know, the ways we would normally measure that kind of progress are sort of not there maybe? Am I getting Yeah, or they've sort of dissolved a bit or we've yeah. forgotten about them. But, and, and I think as well that so much of your forward forward motion comes from, you know, this like a sense of momentum. Like you yeah. achieve one thing in a creative space and that sort of like gives you – momentum to go forward to the next one and when you when the momentum is sort of removed from the equation 
it's it's all the energy is all coming from you yes i was just thinking as you said that like the word self-generated like it's such self-generated momentum yeah and that's that's a lot like when you're i mean going through a pandemic generally if you don't if you're not dealing with this sort of stuff is fucking it's hard enough you know And then on top of that, you're like, all right, now I've got to try and force myself to keep going forward because I don't have any wind left in my sails. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, fully. And it's like also for me then I get into like that that real deep questioning territory of being like, well, what's the purpose of it anyway? I'm like, hang on, like as a creative person, like I know deep in my core that I believe in the value of like, you know, creating stuff and sharing stuff and connecting. And like, you look at the ways that people have kind of, I mean, it's so like, it's been, people have been saying it all through the pandemic, but the ways that people have been, I guess, coping or connecting or um, kind of like spending time in the garden of humanity is like through the arts, like people listening to music, people are watching um, amazing films or amazing TV programs. Like, you know, that is art. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, that exists alongside this weird feeling that I don't know if I, if this is accurate to speak for every creative ever, but you know, I think people are feeling this idea that hang on, is this actually valuable in this landscape or maybe the ways I thought it were valuable that was valuable. are kind of shifting and changing. And it's this real, like, it's like holding the questions at least for me every single day. And they're big questions around like, why do I do what I do? And, why yeah. is that valuable and what does that look like on a daily basis you know and I, and I think there's sort of like the distinction between the sort of like universal view of like yes there is value in the arts as opposed to yes there's value in my art yes you took the words out of my mouth yes there there is value in my art like, and if you don't if you don't have like your standard uh go-to everyday processes where you know you you know leave the house and go and see this person go and do that activity and Mm -hmm. you're sort of restricted to your home base and I don't know about you but I definitely get into a full overthinking flex like overthinking is my greatest skill (laughs) and I can whittle myself down to nothingness when it comes to my value as an artist or literally anything like well this is pointless not that I think music is pointless, but I can I can mentally get myself to a point where I'm like this. Anything I'm doing is meaningless, yeah. and it's very hard to not go into that space. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my god, that totally gets me in the guts. Yes, like yes, <laughs> totally. And yeah, it's like, like yeah, things that I would have done, like Prince said, like you know, I mean, because you're a singer as well. I don't know if you would experience this, but. I will go about my life going like, I know that I can sing. I'm not the best singer in the world, but also, you know, the enjoyment of someone singing is totally subjective. Like a voice that I like might not be the same as a voice that you like. It's, I know that logically. Uh, But when you get, when I get into that headspace, I'm like, well, but my voice is rubbish and no one would want to listen to that anyway. I can't imagine a circumstance in which anyone would choose to listen to my voice over whatever the 500 million songs that are on Spotify instead. So good. I totally hear you. Totally hear you. We, um, both Cara and I have a, a beautiful mentor, Monica, who's on this podcast a bunch. 
Um, and I could just imagine her right now just being like, yes, these B-grade movies and your inner saboteur. And I'm like, <laughs> we are just giving it a field day. But it's totally like, it's like, I feel like it's been this like really ripe time for that like part of our brains. Because it's just like us in our four walls being like, it's Maybe bad. one day I'll create again in a team. Like, oh, man, it's bad though because I can do that with anything. Like, I, I, I would have pre-pandemic, pre-stroke, whatever. I would do a performance, and I might walk away from the performance and go, "Why well, didn't sing very well then?" Um, obviously, <laughs> it hadn't warmed up enough, or I wasn't really focused, or whatever it was. Like, whatever reason led me to think, you know, I didn't do a particularly good. Uh, and, you know, I'd get over it. It would be, like, it happens every now and again. You give a shit performance. Um, but it's now gotten to a point where I'll be, like, recording something or doing a performance, and if it is not the best thing I've ever done, I'm like, why am I doing this? Mm. Why, why Why? would I subject people to whatever is <laughs> coming out of my mouth right now? <laughs> I just love this. Which is obnoxious because I listen to people all the time that can, you know, barely string a sentence together and I'm like, this music's great. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, that, that, there are different standards for me. Isn't it funny? And it's like, I feel like my therapist would um, definitely say like, it's just a thought and be like, thank you. for <laughs> like, It's just a thought. And like, but it's so funny how as creatives, it's like gripping and it's just sort of like what I guess I ask myself, it's like hearing, hearing someone else um, explain that in a dialogue and hopefully like kind of this is the experience like for people listening as well being like, oh yeah, I totally, um, I recognize that. Like I vibe with that is like me hearing you say that I'm like, oh, how queer this is that that is just a thought and that actually doesn't. Like that doesn't need to impact whether you make stuff it's or not based yeah. in not based in reality. See, I've gotten to a point with my therapy where I am so good and maybe it's because of my legal training, but I'm so good at making arguments that <laughs> I will go, That's not just a thought. That <laughs> is and I can't get beyond and so now I, I can't even do this cognitive behavioral therapy stuff. I have to do this thing called acceptance therapy where it's like well, Oh my god, I, I love that. Is it acceptance commitment the ACT? It's like yeah. the next C B T? I love that. I've got yeah, like the chart like, in my fridge. Yeah, it's like C B T for people who are just really argumentative. I'm like <laughs> Is that what it is? Is that why I'm? Is that why I'm on that one? No, I take it. That's how I take it. But it's like basically to be like, yeah, maybe you are a shit singer. What What does that mean? Literally, and like, does it actually impact whether you'd show up to sing or not? No. What does it matter? Yes, yes. It's like it's like like saying like, okay, sure. And now I'm just gonna sing. Thanks very much. That's challenging though, because like especially I don't. Well, my vocal training has been like kind of weird because like I've always was in like a sort of choirs and stuff and then I did a huge period of time doing classical training Mm. uh, but never had like a full commitment to classical music and therefore didn't do you know the things that I should have done in terms of oh I love how much we should ourselves I'm just gonna catch you on that one allow me to practice anything you know I don't practice anything which is probably why I suck at instruments but (laughs) listen to this self-sabotaging talk no 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 what I mean like I, yeah, totally. in order to get really good at an instrument you need to practice like yeah, yeah. and I don't have the attention span for that <laughs> and the same goes for singing so like I you know did classical music for classical singing training for such a long time mm. 
but you know to me it was just singing and then if you go into the contemporary space to sing Jesus, they're different techniques. Oh, yeah, totally. It's really hard to not sound like you've had classical training when you're singing a, you know, a pop song or like a little R&B song and stuff like that where you don't need to have that level of rigor around. And so it's very difficult for me to move away from what I picked up as the perfectionism in mm. classical music where everything is just so and everything serves a really particular purpose. And every time I work with like a vocal engineer or whatever, they're like, just just be a bit more capital, just be a bit more capital. That is so, that's so interesting because I've just been like reflecting recently on the idea that a lot of um, kind of artists and musicians that I admire are in, I guess, spaces other than the classical space. I mean, I admire a lot of classical singers and musicians too, but, you know, what I admire is that there are these people, like, making sounds that are so unique to them and they're sometimes messy and they're sometimes dirty and they're sometimes, like, you know, but it's this kind of, like, the ultimate, I guess, expression of selfhood and in that, like, creativity and kind of oneness and wholeness and connection to the human experience and it's like kind of tying that in with what we've been talking about of like you going gee it's like if what I make is not perfect or my voice isn't this my voice isn't that and for me that's what I absolutely connect to in um you know especially especially the contemporary space like I'm thinking of it's I mean it's like a really kind of obvious mainstream example but like Adele's latest album where there are bits where you're like wow this is like this has not been um tailored like it's the end of one of the songs i can't remember which but i'm like wow this is raw like this is completely or at least it seems that way like this take is completely raw and that's what's fascinating to me um and yeah it's just interesting hearing you saying that kind of i guess leaning towards that kind of flexibility and like i think you use the word like casual like just being be a bit more like chill about it they're just like being themselves but i I have never been able to get out of that sort of more classical headspace. And so mm. I have this like, but I'm also aware of what I'm doing wrong. So I have this like <laughs> perfectionism mm. that is born from the actual classical training, but also from the fact that I know that I'm not doing exactly what I want to do when I'm doing a particular, and it's just the perfectionism, like, oh, it, it gets me. Yeah, that's so interesting. Me. That's so interesting. I, I wish I could remember. I mean, great story, bro, because I can't remember it. But it was like I was reading something about perfectionism the other day and just, yeah, it was basically just, I think it was like a Brene Brown thing. It was just like, nah, perfectionism. It's just like, that's some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, obviously we all know that, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's kind of this idea of being like, no, actually, like, that's not a thing. Like, we can hold ourselves to, like, I guess the two different things I heard in what, you were saying one is like, there's a way I, I think I should do it and I'm getting it right or wrong. But then the other part of what I guess I heard you saying is like, um, there's a way that I want to do it. There's a way I want to be able to express what I want to express. And they feel like such different, they're like such distinct things for me. One is like belonging in shooting and coulding and what's it mean to be right and wrong. And the other one actually like feels kind of grounded like to yeah, say like, like how, how can I be authentic yeah and how can I express what I really want to express and I feel like that's such a lifelong pursuit as artists and like maybe that's the aspect maybe that's the positive intention of this kind of like perfectionism thing 
is like and that we really like we can't let go of wanting to express ourselves to the best of our capacity um or like express what's really inside um but maybe that's like the way for i don't know this is just like philosophical rumination here but yeah like maybe that's like maybe that's our way forward especially when we're in this really messy time of being like what am i doing and why am i doing it like maybe it's like okay how do i move closer and closer towards expressing what i feel is important to express and doing that you know and how do i do that yeah Yeah. exactly exactly i feel like there's a obviously with writing and stuff like that you you can in tangible ways uh improve your craft like work on your craft like you can you can actually practice it in a way that you know has like a there there are technical things that you can do with your writing that make it better or make it more um you know resonant or something like that and that is quite tangible Mm. whereas like with something like expressing yourself uh vocally it's kind of like oh okay there's only so much practice that you can do technically to get you to that space the rest of it has to be like a a mindset thing like where is my head at when I'm doing this performance Mm -hmm. and how I translate that into something physical yeah because it blows my mind yeah it's very overwhelming (laughs) totally and it, it is so far from um as you say, like that clarity of like what is like in your case, your day job of being like, if I do this, then this will happen and then I will progress and probably in 12 months I will get a pay rise. Like it is just so, it's so different. Yeah. And obviously my day job as well is quite logical and analytical and, and stuff mm. like that. It's very different mindset. Like shifting back and forth between the two is tricky business. What does that practically look like? I'd love to kind of hear more about that. And I definitely want to jump back into like the headspace of your recovery as well. Um, mm-hmm. But what is that like, what does that look like for you in a practical sense? Because I also, I think that's A, super relevant, but B, more and more relevant because I think that, I mean, so many creatives, unless, I don't know, some people might just be still doing full-time creative work, but I think it is really hard at the moment to be doing full-time creative work because pandemic. Yeah. Like, um, I feel like it's very common for yeah. like, and it wouldn't, or if it was like a really sort of like analytical desk job type thing or a really physical job, like mm. it is, it's, it's a different party brain. Like I, I'm still not after however many years, like not great at making the transition um, between the two. Like when I was working full time at an office, there's obviously the commute home where you can kind of like change your headspace a bit like Mm. or do something that's not work related and more you know internal um to get into the headspace but it at the minute like now when i finish work for the day i have to fully put the work computer and the work phone away and take a shower or do something that is like completely irrelevant to either music or my (laughs) job to completely switch gears like some sort of different behavior altogether um before I can get back into the music thing and the main issue that I have with that is you know fatigue like as soon as I stop with the work and I'm not running on adrenaline anymore like and and my body goes oh cool it's time to relax and I'm like wait (laughs) no 
not yet. Yeah, this is like <laughs> my still, part I care about. Hours. Yeah, we still got a few more hours to go of, of the stuff that you actually give a shit about. Come on, like. So I'm I'm not great at it. I'm not haven't figured out exactly how to make it work well. Um, and you know, as as the world starts opening up, and uh, presumably at some point, I'll have to return to the office at least some of the time. Mm. That's I'm gonna have to figure out a new way but it I don't think that I don't think that it's I don't think it's easy for anyone yeah I think you're exactly Uh right and like hearing you speak about it it's like what comes to my mind is maybe there sort of is no ideal way like it's just like I think what we're all kind of experiencing at the moment is just that messiness and being like it's gonna be messy and it's gonna feel less than ideal and and also recognizing that that kind of a space, whether it's tired or a bit tapped out or, you know, feeling like, oh, this is not ideal and kind of messy, like that that can be like really fertile ground for just bad thoughts and like questioning. Oh, my God, and stuff. absolutely. It's not like you're like, absolutely. I'm turning up fully resourced into this space. You know what I mean? I, it makes you like, honestly, like I, a lot of the time I feel very bitter. Like I think, oh. I've given my entire day away to a corporation. Mm. I only get to be alive one time and then I get very philosophical and very dark about it. I think one thing that has helped me recently is I found this website called 750 Words. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's basically, it's this platform where you can go and write, it's, it's basically a journaling platform and you go and you just throw your 750 words a day um, of journaling into this website and it's sort of based on that whole um morning pages concept oh yeah because that like 750 words is apparently the equivalent of three handwritten full pages you know oh, nice, um yeah. and it's there is an like, airplane going overhead and i just was like what the hell is that like if that doesn't <laughs> like speak pandemic i don't know what does anyway i'm so sorry to interrupt i just was like am i being attacked but no it's an airplane <laughs> Anyway, I'm so sorry. Continue. 750 words, morning pages. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I and obviously don't do that in the morning because fucked if I can actually get out of bed. But <laughs> I will, like, maybe sometimes in that, um, you know, in-between period between yeah. finishing work and starting more creative stuff, like, if I'm feeling a bit fatigued or whatever, I might use that time to go into the 750 words and just – babbling coherently for a little bit until I feel like oh is that something or yeah if there's not something in there I can be like well you know I wrote something nothing came of it and I don't finish my day feeling like I haven't done anything at all yeah that's so that is so interesting I know exactly what you mean and because I've kind of explored that morning pages stuff as well and blah 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 the idea of like just sort of dumping stuff and clearing the way for something else. Um, But the idea of also doing that like as a kind of um, transition activity, you know, like as a kind of like just clear the headspace off, like almost siphon off the mess. Cause I get really like, Oh, well, if I haven't done it in the morning, then what's the point of doing it at four o'clock in the afternoon? You loser. Like it's, it's so dumb. Just being like, no, no, like it's a serious activity. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, just any time during the day is like, if I can do anything at any time of the day, like, I mean, obviously being a creative, there's so much more to your creative work than the actual creation of things. Like, I feel like I spend hours a day 
you know, answering emails, paying invoices, sending oh, yeah. invoices, blah, blah, blah. Like, you, there's so much of that work. And it's very, I have to remind myself that that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Because if I, if I get to the end of the day and I've spent, you know, hours and hours briefing out, you know, a piece of artwork to a designer um, and all of the stuff that surrounds that, I don't want to get to the end of the day and think, well, you didn't create anything today. You didn't work towards your creative goals and therefore you suck. (laughs) I love that. And therefore. (laughs) And and, and accordingly, you are the worst. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insert other things here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there is so much that goes into it. And I have to sort of remind myself of that sometimes. And if I am feeling like I don't have it in me to – because – actual creative work like writing and and that sort of stuff is quite um it can be like emotionally draining like Mm. it's a lot especially with things like you know if you are listening to a recording and you are looking to edit certain aspects of your vocal and you have to listen to your vocal very closely to go okay i in this verse at this point there's like a weird way that i pronounce this is there another take (laughs) that's very taxing yeah um and some days you don't have the energy for stuff like that whereas on those days maybe you do have the energy to pay an invoice or respond to an and i do have to remind myself that that all counts even if it doesn't feel like it does it's so true especially when it's like you're looking at kind of having this period whether it's like you know post work or afternoon or evening or maybe for some people it's morning like around other commitments um Mm. It's like, I think it's really important to, yeah, recognize that that is all part of the whole. And like, I was just speaking to one of my mentors about the idea of having like, like, I love a to-do list, um, but the idea yeah. of having like kind of separate lists. So it's like, it sounds really straightforward, but it really was, I was like, oh yeah, that feels useful for me right now is just picking up going, cool. I do my half an hour of admin every afternoon or whatever. I just pick up that list and I say, it's not like all of my lists tend to be joined together. And, you know, it seems so simple, but I was like, yes, I just needed that clarification of being like, just pick up that list at the end of the half an hour, you just put that list down and it is moving towards your creativity or like, I guess in your, I guess in your mind as well, having ideas of like ways you can sort of siphon off the day, whether that's writing your 750 words or having a shower or walking around the block or whatever it may be. Like, you know, I can think of like having a cup of tea, going for a walk, whatever. Yeah, it's like having like a little menu. And yeah, just like menu. At the menu and being like, what's gonna, what's, what do I feel like today? Yes, totally. Feel. And so you so, don't have to choose. Like I often find the kind of, at the moment, the fatigue of just choosing every day, I guess, or at whatever pocket of time you have in the day, or like you know, like it is fatiguing being like, okay, like I sort of try and put out a schedule and like do this and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately it's like, I'll inevitably get to a point during the week where I'm like, but this is an illusion. You're just making the schedule. Like it's like the veil pulls back and you're like, hang on, let me remove all the possible decisions from my day. So I don't get like decision-making fatigue. And I feel like when you write these lists or write these schedules and stuff, like you, you can never really, like if I wrote a list of everything that I had to do or that I would ideally do or that <laughs> I wanted to do, it had never it had been never ending. <laughs> I would never life. be able to finish writing that list. So and so 
And I've accepted that. And I, I think yeah. I've gotten to a point where I kind of go, okay, how many things could I potentially do in a day? Yeah. And, and let's remove I, three right. of those things and you might get close to what you might do today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where I kind of just like write on a piece of paper, like these are the things that are like sort of at the top of the list somewhere. Like if I can figure out how to do these, great. But it's really, you know what, it's really hard to have on the list like, you know, finish the lyrics for X, Y, and Z song because it's like, oh man, you have to be in, in a particular headspace to finesse lyrics. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to know what headspace you're going to be in. So I, I just, yeah, I give myself like a menu now. Like, what do I feel yes. like? What, what's going to pro- like propel me a little bit without forcing my hand? Yes, yeah, so nice. And just having like, I find what's really helpful in that as well, having those blocks of time to enact the menu. So it's just like, you know, as you say, not getting specific about on Thursday afternoon, I have the opportunity to finish these lyrics. Like just saying like on Thursday afternoon is my just block of whatever it be, creative time or writing time or making a podcast time. And then it's like, when I get to that, I I will know whether it's from my kind of working list or whatever, or just from my kind of sense of, I know what to do next. Like, what? yeah, exactly. Like kind of what's possible. I love a deadline. Yes, I I miss deadlines. Yeah, like if there's someone else involved in in anything that I need to do, like for example, you know, on a Wednesday evening, if I have a band rehearsal, then I know fuck, I need to have X, Y, and Z sorted by yep. I'm at that place because otherwise I'm wasting my time and everyone else's time. Yeah. Then yeah, like I will get that thing done because nothing spurs me on like a deadline. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. I just I yearn for like a deadline. I yearn, I yearn for someone else to be like, okay, great. Now, yeah, I guess there are sort of those things, but they feel sort of far in the future or they're really changing or you're like, yeah, I'm working towards this show. Oh, damn, it got postponed by a year again. Like, it's sort of this thing where I'm like, I don't believe you anymore, deadlines. Like, it's really cool. My case, because it's sort of like all on, especially like with with my solo project, like it's kind of all on me. So any deadlines that would potentially come from an external party are kind of fabricated <laughs> yeah. I'm, the, I'm the client you know I can be like yeah that deadline doesn't work for me this is what we're gonna do so like it's it's all kind of fabricated a little bit whereas something like a band practice or something where there are other people there yeah, and I really some other people. Do something like mm, I, I prefer that more practical stuff sometimes yeah, totally <laughs> I totally hear you I totally hear you and I think again it just comes back to the like just holding the mess and like being okay with the mess. Like that's the big mm-hmm. kind of space I'm yeah. sitting in right now. And the, the kind of learning is just being like, yeah, like it's just, we're just kind of figuring out all the time and like being okay with it. Like differing levels of okay on different days, but like being okay with it being messy, I guess. And like yeah. stepping away from the knowing and the rigidity and yeah, man, like it's a, that's a huge like life lesson for me and a lesson in kind of creativity and progress, I guess. Yeah, and I think that I think it's hard as well. Like, cause it like kills me when people like other people who are doing something similar to what I'm doing do seem to have that sort of. They seem to have like a really clear structure in their day of how they do things, and they're achieving, 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 achieving. I'm like, how though? Yeah, it drives me nuts because I'm like. Well, I should be able to do that, but I don't really understand how that's happening. I don't, so I can't replicate it, and it does sort of drive me bonkers because I'm not even necessarily comparing my my art to their art <laughs> or my your success. process. 
this, I'm just kind of like, how on, like, I'm comparing my day-to-day processes of getting through this with theirs, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, isn't it funny? And also, I just, I get suspicious, like, oh, maybe that, maybe that's like, actually, yep, they've got it dialed in, and it's amazing, but I'm also like, I'm a little bit suspicious, I'm like, really like what I tend to think is everyone is in the shit like everyone is in the mess and we just have varying levels of communicating that and I think probably like some like a shift that has come out of the pandemic and continues to come out of the pandemic for creatives is like I don't know maybe like exposing the mess a little bit more um yeah and like and certainly like that's why I feel really compelled to come back to this podcast and and conversations like this when I've really felt for a long time like how do I even begin to have discussions about being a performer when I don't even know what that looks like right now and it's shifting every day and when I think these things are in place like oh yep and this show's coming up and this project and it just shifts like because that's what life is right now and I guess it's like my realization was hang on like there are other people like me and you and as we say like friends and colleagues that are feeling like this too and my god it, it certainly helps me to kind of talk about it and hear other people's perspectives and hear that other people are kind of in that too and different ways of coping but also different ways of not coping like being like, wow i thought that weird non-coping mechanism was unique to me like but actually it's a really kind of uniform oh, I, human experience. I spiraled into a deep deep depression too wow yeah, exactly wow your one happened at the start of the pandemic or well, my one happened in the second year of the pandemic <laughs> like i remember reading an article um it was a great article actually in one of the australian newspapers about like they were interviewing these like a bunch of different artists and one of them was yeah. like yeah i just like i'm just crying on the kitchen floor and then another one was like yeah we're just trying to negotiate like we kind of had lived in new york and now we're trying to negotiate like living in Australia and kind of trying to pay this weird mortgage, like our whole lives look different. And I remember at the time being like, oh, wow, this is a very sad article. And like being a bit stabbed in the guts and being like, but no, I will have hope. And then like I thought of that article a few months later and I was like, oh, my God, yeah. Like it's not that I didn't get it then, but I was like, yep, I will be hopeful. And then and I think then a show was postponed and I was just like, oh, I get the crying on the kitchen floor thing. Like, and thank God there are other people experiencing this. Like, I don't want it to be all like negative and down, but like, I think that is important to recognize that that is part of the experience for creators. No, right and I, look, I agree. And I, I think it's like, it's certainly taken me a little while. It's taken me a little while to have the, those sorts of reactions to the pandemic because, yeah. like, initially it was like it seemed to be working out quite well for me because I had more time to do the foundational stuff yeah. of like starting a solo project. Yes. But when you're this far, like, I've had two birthdays now in pandemic times. So I'm yeah. like, oh shit! Like, yeah, the world has stopped, but we're all still edging slightly closer to death even if we're not unwell (laughs) we're running out of time and I have this like I don't know if this is what other people are experiencing but I have this like really intense and overwhelming sense of running out of time wow that's so interesting have you always had that in your life or do you and or do you think it was impacted by your experience with the stroke uh no I mean I've always been like, oh, shit. Like, in music, especially in 
I guess, contemporary music, there is a sense that, and, and I think that there is, people have pretty significant work into sort of trying to figure this out, but there is this sense, especially as a woman, that there is an expiry date. Mm. Um, and if you aren't a huge star or, you know, very important in the music industry by the time you're like 25, mm. there's no point. So, and look, I, I mean, fuck, I remember having absolute meltdowns at the age of like 14 being like, oh, no, I haven't made it yet. I'm never going to make it yet. Wow, wow. And so I have always had that sort of response to things and and I have felt like I was too old for the music industry for a long time like I remember being like finishing my law degree when I was like I don't know 24 or whenever whenever it was Mm. if I I can't remember and thinking oh wow I wasted so many years doing this law degree and now I've missed my opportunity to properly pursue my my music career yeah which is bonkers to think about now (laughs) (laughs) on but like at that time like I did think oh it's too late it's too late it's too late and I've sort of gotten to a point where I'm like well even if it's too late I'm still gonna do it because I want to do it and I can do it yeah um but when you when you've had two years of being in a in a pandemic where like everything in the world is sort of ground to a halt except Mm the fact that everyone's getting older it's kind of like oh shit like I'm running out of time that is like, I, so fascinating not just for music, not just for music but yeah. like life generally like I don't know for how many years in a row my partner I've been like all right we're gonna go to Japan next year we're gonna go to Japan next year we're gonna go to Japan next mm. year and like we still can't fucking go to Japan and like <laughs> and it's like you do like I don't know I I have always had like a, a sense of like you know a little bit it's always been sort of nagging like oh I'm running out of time but it's definitely gotten way worse during the pandemic and especially in the last I want to say six months of it since the whole Omicron thing has been happening I'm like and I've had actual gigs cancelled because of it I'm like oh my god I'm running out of time to take advantage of these opportunities wow that is so yeah that's so interesting that's so interesting like, I totally get you. And it's, like, yeah. it's just so funny because, like, I guess I'm reflecting on kind of the aspects of what you're saying that are also, like, yeah, it's, like, kind of the sense of being, like, as a woman. And, like, I guess yeah. maybe for for kind of all people and all genders, but, like, certainly as a woman it's, like, I've kind of felt, like, maybe it's a bit, like, what people lay on you in terms of your biological clock or whatever, even if you don't want to have kids or you do or you adopt or whatever. Like, it's this yeah. sense of being, like, but are you then expired? And like, of course there are these amazing artists. Like I think I can think of immediately like Reese Witherspoon as someone who like speaks really publicly about being like, hang on, like we need to, like, this is, this is messed up. Like this is what's going on. But it is in the process of changing. And I think we kind of as a generation are feeling kind of, or generation, generations, whatever. I'm thinking like people in their thirties, people in their twenties, whatever. Like we are feeling kind of, the after effects of that i guess and yeah um, or the kind of like the we're in the shifting sands of change and and we're really kind of i guess like yeah like it's it's like where we're, we're at that point in time right now yes is the 
need to come in quick enough to benefit us or are we going to have to keep slogging through? Well, and also, yeah. like, we are the change. Like, we, which yeah. I guess is part of why it feels messy and we're questioning it and we're like, hang on, all of this pre-programmed stuff or what we see around us or the generations that have raised us, um, mm. it's like that's what they've been operating from. And I think we are at this point of, as artists, as women, as people, as whatever, we yeah. are at this point where we're amazingly at the forefront of change but by god that feels messy and it feels like loss and it feels like confusion and it feels like no clear way forward and i think as we sort of talked about at the start like that is this amazing place of transformation um and possibility but i don't know about you but it doesn't really feel like that in the everyday does it like you get glimpses of it feeling like wow maybe there's a new way forward maybe we can be different as artists i feel more connected to who I want to be and then it feels like is there any space for me to be yeah that's exactly it and I I think so much of it is I don't know of any off the top of my head like any you know pop musicians contemporary musicians who have like broken through in their 30s like I know who are in the music industry in their 30s but not not who who have broken through at that time and that's like kind of weighs on my mind I'm like is that even a possibility am I being silly here it's it's hard to not think about stuff like that like I said like you know especially if you can get into an overthinking headspace like I can so expertly yeah (laughs) I love it your resume just like um number one skill overthinking please hire me your transferable skill um apply no one has overthought like this guaranteed overthinking money back guarantee yeah it it seems silly like when you talk about it out loud especially if you talk like you know I've I've discussed this with with Mon for example and Mm. She will say to me, she's like, oh, my God, you're so young. Like, you're so young. And I'm like, I mean, I guess so. But it doesn't feel like that when you're in amongst it. I don't know. Is it the same in, in more classical music? Like, is that? Mm, weirdly, I think people, or at least I, can feel a similar impulse. But it's like the kind of the age trajectory is different. Um, yeah. And it's like. Yeah, I guess it's I guess it's different, but it is funny. Like I, I guess I just speak for myself here. Like it kind of, it it does feel like a certain like you still I don't know whether it's an Australia thing, but maybe not. Like, but it's just you do have a sense of being like oh, I missed my opportunity to blah, and it's like, you know, I'm literally speaking to you, a person that almost died from a thing. Like the only like you know it's it's so. It seems so clear to say, like, the only time where it's too late to do something is when you die. When like, you Yeah, literally. Yeah, like, oh, it's exactly. wild. Like, I, I do think that if I hadn't had an experience like that, I could have talked myself out of going down this path of starting a new project. Yes, it's so interesting. And I want to ask you about that. Like, what what made because obviously still as we say it's messy and it's there's areas of gray and it's all just showing up to yourself every day and you know kind of being in discussion with um to put it mildly those inner voices but what made you say actually you know what like despite the pain despite the thoughts despite everything 
I'm actually going to do this because it's not like all of that just disappeared because that doesn't happen for every, like it doesn't happen for really anyone. I think that you just Mm. go, Oh, I've seen the light and now I'm going to do all of the things. Like what made you go actually the pain of just not doing this is greater than the pain of doing it now. Yeah. It's um, hmm, that's a good question. I, I think that man, that's hard one. I I think that the the thing with the stroke is that I okay. First of all, when you have a stroke, when you're not an elderly person, mm. the the narrative is always, "Oh my god, you're so young." I'm like, "Yeah, I am." So I had eight months of people being like, oh, my God, you're so young. I'm like, yeah, I am young. (laughs) After all of that, I'm so old. And then just the universe is like, I'm going to bring all these people to tell you how young you are. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, you know, kind of, like, come back to yourself and being like, okay, like, for for a long period of time when doctors said, like, no, 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 we've we've fixed the problem. Everything's okay. Like, you should should be able to live a normal life. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, until you know, maybe for the next five years, like I had no trust wow. in in the fact that I could continue living. Like I, I just couldn't comprehend that that was possible. Mm. But when I sort of got my head around it, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, okay, like life is very long. Mm. If, if, if I take them at their word and say, yes, I will continue, I will have a long life, like I've got, I've got some fucking, I've got many years left. Yeah. And getting that sort of like, having that sort of like shift in your perspective that to me was like quite helpful in being like okay well what do I if I'm going to have the rest of my life whether it's five years or 60 years or whatever it is what do I want for myself and what I want is what I sort of determined that I wanted was to feel a bit, a bit more free. Mm. I was very tied to my day job in a way that I look back now and kind of find amusing. <laughs> uh, but like to go, okay, I have to. I have the opportunity to restructure my life. I want things to feel nice and easy, and I want to be able to have a significant patch of time for my art. Mm. And I want to sort of dedicate myself to it in a more serious way, so that I'm being more authentic to myself and it wasn't like I one day was like all right I'm going to start this solo project now because I've seen the light it was more like a you know I was looking into okay how would I set myself up as being a a ghostwriter or just writing for other artists and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and I ended up getting in touch with Mon Mon to talk about this sort of stuff like how do I set myself up yeah. And over the course of a couple of sessions, she sort of like pulled out of me. She's like, no, no, you, you're going to do this for yourself. You, you're going to be the artist. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Mm. It was like a weird sort of transition of, of thinking and going from like, okay, I want to give more time to my songwriting and, and my music to I am capable of being the person that this music is written for. Yeah which is a weird way of putting it, but... Um, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, so it, it was like a long process, but it, it was it was a process that would not have taken place if I had not had, I guess, 
to be dramatic and a near-death experience. Oh, I think that's to be completely accurate. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, to be dramatic. <laughs> Anna, to be completely factual and precise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, yeah, it's, it, it was, it happened so gradually that it's almost like hard to distinguish like the moment yeah. that it was like, okay, this is going to happen. But it, yeah. And, and even now, like, it's kind of like, oh, what every night again, I'm like, oh, what am I doing? But you, you get back into the real world as you sort of recover from, you know, a brain injury and stuff like that. Mm. And you become overwhelmed by everyday life again and, yeah. and all that stuff. So you, I end up in a similar sort of headspace where I'm like, oh, my God, am I giving too much time to my day job? Am I doing this? Oh, well, what have I done? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't, it's not that I want another near-death experience, but you know, <laughs> it'd be nice to have something less horrifying to sort of like – trigger another reset every now and again interesting i mean because i would look at um that and think i imagine your daily life it's like even though you're like yep cool i'm in this day job and there is like immense practicality to that being like you know the pandemic is underlined that like we all need to kind of like pay our bills and survive and stuff um but like i guess I would look at that and say it seems like your life would be radically different now because of the simple fact that like you have carved out time for your music and you are making music like whether that's all day every day or not do you know what I mean yeah and just sort of like the, the difference between doing doing music for myself and with my band sort of quietly and the people around me know that it's happening but people at work wouldn't necessarily know that something's happening as opposed to now me just shouting about it constantly and being like, no, if I meet someone at an event that I've never met before and they say, what do you do? Like my answer is going to be, I'm a songwriter. Mm. It's like an energetic shift almost accurate word for you. Yeah, I think so. And like, cause nothing practically has necessarily changed. Like I've always, I've always written essentially in the same way. Um, obviously, I'm getting better at, at doing it more quickly and stuff like that now, but I've always written. I've, I'm obviously not doing anything to improve my vocal quality because I'm lazy, but <laughs> you know, there's nothing that I'm, there's nothing practically that I'm doing to sort of uh, accelerate my progress, but it's definitely a mindset thing. And, and so when I am working on, my music it's more focused yeah and I guess like then as you say like in the way you talk about your music or you um like promote your music or you like just get behind your own music that seems different as well yeah and not even not even the music itself necessarily I mean yeah I mean I mean when I release music I will tend to be at a point with it when it comes out where I'm like, oh, fuck, like, I don't even care about this song anymore, but, <laughs> which is not great. It's been but such a long process, I imagine, just I being know, like, I did this like, thing like six months ago, yeah. Yeah, I'm sick of hearing this, surely no one else wants to hear it, <laughs> but um, more sort of backing myself as an artist, mm. I find, I still find that challenging, like, I will try, like, I had a discussion with my, um, industry coach the other day and a huge huge discussion is like okay it basically am i just a major fraud 
<laughs> I love that. That seems to be like, like quite a common artist question, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's like I am a songwriter. I write songs. That's what I do. But then I'm like, okay, I also sing. So I guess I'm a singer-songwriter. But I'm not a singer-songwriter like how you would think of a singer-songwriter. I'm not on stage with a guitar. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm like, what am I? What, what am I? I? Like, so even though I will get behind myself for these like since the stroke have gotten behind you know my I guess myself as being a musician or being a a songwriter in a way that I hadn't in the past it's so easy to slip back into the the self-doubt and the you know imposter syndrome or whatever it is Mm. once you just once that becomes your new normal yeah totally the new normal once you're accustomed to that yeah yeah totally what do you think are um to kind of like i guess tie this all together and wrap it up a bit like what do you think are your ways back to yourself like what are your ways back to your art when that becomes like slippery for you Yeah, that's a good question because that's sort of what, that's where I'm at now where I'm trying to remind myself that I am capable of doing these things. Yeah. Um, I find that working with new people is mm. quite helpful. So if I have a, a writing session with someone that I haven't written with before or if I and you know a song that I've written to a new producer that I worked with or to to get something produced and and hear them see them interact with my music or my song um as though it's like real Mm. (laughs) oh yes I can do this because they're not looking at me like I'm fucking crazy like (laughs) song to produce and they're doing the thing or I'm working with them on a song and we're doing the thing together so uh, that's what's kind of working for me at the moment Mm. to sort of yeah work on my craft in a space where there are other people involved so I can be reminded that what I'm doing is not entirely in my mind yeah yeah and I think that's so crucial right now at the moment with like world as well yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, dude, I love that. And I just, I think you're bloody brilliant. I just, I also think like, just kind of, yeah, like to kind of reflect on our conversation, like the sense of just being like the, the kind of, um, just like in the mud, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's a, that's a real creative act. And like, just we're all in the messiness of it and we're kind of figuring it out and there's no kind of like, there's no magic bullet or there's no like, oh, actually, yeah, as you say, like it's it's not like, oh, I saw the light and things changed overnight. Like it's a kind of a gradual progress- progression of external and internal things and shifts and changes and seasons of it being, being very productive and not and times where we're coming back to ourselves or as you say, like, oh, I sort of w- would like a sort of more gentle <laughs> reset realisation. Like, and even just being able to articulate those things, I think that's like, it's like a large part of the process is just being like, this is where I'm at. And I think as creative people, we're in that space almost perpetually. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of like trying to 
articulate what it feels like when it doesn't feel like anything that's recognizable because it changes it changes depending on whereabouts in your creative process you are, which season you're, you know what I mean? So mm. it's difficult to articulate to somebody, particularly someone who's not a creative, what is going through your mind and why you're just so fucking depressed <laughs> <laughs> or why you're so fucking anxious or, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah it, it's it, it, I think it is super important to be able to articulate what, what it is even just for yourself so you can understand what the issues are that you're managing because then it becomes easier to manage I suppose yeah totally and to do it despite you know like we were talking about just being like okay cool like and and I'm going to do this you know what I mean or and today it's messy but I've carved out my time for it all I've done today is write my 750 words or you know just I've taken myself seriously as an artist or yeah. or I've just shown up to what the shit is. Like I've just shown up to today. I feel crap and that's yeah. great. And tomorrow's gonna be different. Like that's a big learning for me as well. Just being like this is not this is not the truth just because it feels the worst right now. Yeah. You know? So um, weird that your brain globs onto the, the negative shit. Yeah my God, it's so true. It's so true. It's like it's just the weird survival act and we've all been in this survival mode and trying to find it's like well, but, but what is the truth am i good enough or not am i an artist or not am i like it's like there's just no like not being like there is no truth but there sort of is no there is no truth like just you yeah, do it or you don't and that happens on a daily basis mm, yeah. and if even if they were when it comes to like value judgments and stuff like that it just doesn't matter but it's hard to convince yourself that it doesn't matter in the moment, in the moment but it's definitely, it's definitely something to I get a practice. I think. Yes. yes maybe, I, maybe I am a, a terrible songwriter, but whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And like for me, that is absolutely the practice. The practice is just like, okay, thanks for participating, brain. I'm gonna do this now. You yeah, know, exactly. <laughs> like that's great. Thank you, <laughs> Aunt Maud. Like we're fine. You know. <laughs> yeah. I love- of the idea of saying thank you to your own brain yeah because I think there's always a well I try to find you know a positive intention in like it's trying to do something that it thinks is good my yeah, old brain like, you know or, yeah, yeah yeah and it's like okay That's, is there a different way for us to achieve that yeah, I mean, look, any day that my brain doesn't, like, bleed out, I'm like, thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> totally, like, thanks, brain. You're good. You You're good shit. Together. You oh, together today. Well, well done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, dude, you are bloody awesome, and thank you for being so kind of um, vulnerable, present, honest, frank, hilarious, and brilliant, which is how I would totally define how you show up to the world and your work. Speaking of your work... Where do we find you on all the things and the platforms and the projects? Uh, thank you. Um, I am on mostly on Instagram. I'm at Meadowit Music. That's M-E-A-D-O-W-H-I-P Music. Um, I'm on TikTok, but I don't really post anything because I'm more there to look at the dog videos. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Um, and my website is just www.meadowit.com.au. Um, and you can listen to my music on Spotify if if you go down that Joe Rogan path at the minute um, <laughs> or, you know, Apple Music or wherever you can get music. It's it's all there. 
amazing. And I must say, I, I, I'm like terrible at Instagram, but, um, I, I love your content because I just feel like your voice shines through. Like you'll just say something and be like, Oh, this chick's a crack up. I just love it. Being a bloody nasty bitch all the time. And then every now and again, just some depressive content. (laughs) (laughs) I love it is just, I just like, I feel like your voice shines through and it just, it never fails to make me smile. So, um, so thank you for being who you are in the world and thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Pleasure. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this conversation. Uh, If uh, it, you know, gave you anything in life, helped you, connected you, um, made you feel like you're amongst friends, then um, I'm super glad. Uh, Please feel free to share our episode either on socials or with your mates, um, however you like to share, carry a pigeon. Uh, And you can find us on Instagram at show notes, the podcast, and we have a website. Um, you can sign up for a mailing list. There's not much happening on it at the moment, but, um, but you know, it's there if you want to join it. And, um, what else can I say? Find Cara, follow her and, um, you know, share the love. Uh, thanks for listening guys. And I will chat to you soon. Bye.